Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, I'm Bella Perez-Rubio, and you're listening to Teca Teca. In this episode... Ako si Fidel Valdez Ramos. Ay mataimtim na nanunumpa na tutuparin ko. Ay mataimtim na nanunumpa na tutuparin ko. Ang buong katapatan at sigasig ng buong katapatan at sigasig ang aking mga tungkulin ang aking mga tungkulin bilang Pangulo ng Pilipinas bilang Pangulo ng Pilipinas We look back at the public service career of former President Fidel V. Ramos who died on July 31 at the age of 94 There were many instances before he became president that he showed his grace under pressure. No, because I was with him in many near-death experiences, riding in helicopters and military planes. That's Manny Mogato, a Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter, formerly with Reuters and now with One News, who has covered the Philippines for nearly four decades. Uh, in fact, in northern summer. Nag-overshoot sa runway yung poker plane namin and it burst into flames, no? And he made sure that everyone got out first until him, siya yung huling lumabas sa burning plane, no? And after getting out of the plane, he said, oh, let's get back to work. Yun. <laughs> Parang, ano, normal lang, no? Mugato first covered Ramos as a defense beat reporter for The Chronicle. Ramos was chief of staff of the Armed Forces of the Philippines during the presidency of Cory Aquino. My baptism of fire at the Defense Department started in late January 1987 when Colonel Oscar Canlas stormed GMA-7 and uh, started a three-day coup to unseat Cory Aquino. So Ramos at that time was the chief of staff and uh, he was able to defuse the tension and was able to save President Aquino no, from uh, being removed from power through a uh, power grab by soldiers loyal to former dictator President Marcos. Ramos, of course, did not only defend Cory from coups. He was central to the coup that triggered a popular uprising that toppled the Marcos dictatorship in 1986. It was his abandonment of Marcos, alongside then-Defense Minister Juan Ponce Enrile, that triggered the People Power Revolution that made Cory president. He was the Philippine Constabulary Head when martial law was declared and he was the chief implementor of martial law. No? Actually, dami lang sila yung humuli kay Ninoy, sa mga political opposition and other critics of Marcos. No? So, from what I heard from people around close to him, yung edge role niya was some kind of an atonement dun sa sins of martial law. 
when Enrile broke away from Corazino and was involved in coup attempts, especially in November 1986, God Save the Queen coup, Ramos stood loyal and defended Corazino. And not only that, no, in all subsequent coup attempts, Ramos stayed loyal. Ramos was elected president in 1992, succeeding Cory Aquino, whose administration was marked by the return of democratic institutions, but also instability. While Cory worked to bring back and fortify mechanisms and systems for human rights and good governance, there were many attempts to overthrow her by Marcos loyalists as well as military players that were with her at EDSA. The Aquino administration was also beset by its own weaknesses and failings. There was an energy crisis in the country, a very real shortage in power plants that was plunging parts of the country in blackouts lasting half a day. Cory endorsed Ramos as her successor. She went against the very coalition that had coalesced around her. Ramos actually lost to Palawan Congressman Ramon Mitra in seeking the ruling party's nomination to the first free election since the 1985 snap polls. But Ramos pushed ahead and, with Cory, built an entirely new party, a move whose reverberations and implications are still felt in the weak and fractured party politics of the Philippines today. There were many who feared a general becoming president. So soon after the fight against the symbiosis between the Marcos dictatorship and the military establishment. Si Fidel Ramos is very conscious about his personality, about his character, about his legacy. No? I think he wanted to be remembered as a defender of democracy, as a leader who respected and upheld the Constitution. FVR proved himself not just a peacemaker, but also a builder. He was a certified civil engineer, people forget. He inherited the energy crisis from the previous administration and was forced to make major and controversial concessions to end it. So, I think during his time, the energy secretary, Del Lazaro, had to accept coal-fired power plants, but these are dirty power-generating plants that pollute the environment. But that's the cheapest and the easiest way to get power. So, talagang sinalo natin yung, maski magkano yung gustong presyo ng mga power producers, and they were demanding higher uh, ROI for their investments, no? return of engaged investments. So, tumaas ang ating presyo ng kuryente. Ramos ended the power crisis but at a cost which is mahal para sa consumers. And until now, we still experience higher electricity costs. Ramos's presidency was not without its challenges or controversies. After his term, the Supreme Court struck down the so-called Pea Amari scandal, nullifying what was ultimately held as an unconstitutional deal for a 750-hectare Manila Bay reclamation project. It was initiated under Ramos's term, and the Philippine Center for Investigative Journalism says that from 1995 to 1997, in the final years of the Ramos government, as much as 3 billion in bribes and commissions 
were paid by Amari to a cast of brokers, government bureaucrats, and politicians, particularly key allies of the president. Senators at the time called it the grandmother of all scams. Another project, the Clark Centennial Expo, supposedly a showcase village for Philippine centennial celebrations towards the end of his term in 1998, was marred by allegations of overspending and, more gravely, fundraising for his political party, Lakas. And towards the end of his term, he tested the waters for charter change, chacha, as Filipinos now call it, that would allow him to explore the option of getting around constitutional term limits. Again, that would set a pattern of threat for every outgoing president since. Ramos worked himself through all that. He earned the nickname Steady Eddie, a focused workaholic who got things done in spite of all potential distractions, even ones arguably of his own making. He forged a deal with the Moro National Liberation Front. He also kickstarted the AFP modernization program, having dealt with the frustration of only having diplomacy to turn to, even as China occupied the half submerged Panganiban Reef in the Spratlys in 1995. When the 12 senators decided to kick out the Americans in 1991, September 1991, and the Americans abandoned Subic and Clark in November of 1992, the Philippines has no air and maritime defense. Wala tayong submarino, wala tayong frigates, wala tayong anti-submarine warfare vessels, anti-mining countermeasures, so... Practically, zero ang defense ng Pilipinas. But it was also at that time, in 1995, when Fidel Ramos asked Congress to enact a modernization bill. So the first modernization bill was a 15-year plan that was funded by $150 billion, no? Although when it was passed, Congress only gave $50 billion for modernization plan. Kasi nga, at that time, we still had a weaker economy. Mugatosa's FBR will likely be remembered as a president who made significant economic gains. Looking back 30 years after he was president, he made a lasting legacy in our economy. First, he broke monopolies in telecommunications and in transportation, airlines. Kaya nagkaroon tayo ng Globe Telecom at Smart aside from PLDT. And ngayon nga, may pangatlong telecom na yung dito. And also, yung sa airlines, aside from Philippine Airlines, we now have Cebu Pacific. Talagang na-break up niya yung mga monopolies. And then, he decentralized and he devolved many agencies and privatized many non-performing assets ng government, which eventually helped in the development and in the economic growth ng ating country. So, yung economic growth ng Philippines started during Fidel Ramos' time, when he had this Philippine 2000, no? He envisioned a tiger economy for the Philippines. Even the economic growth enjoyed under succeeding administrations, Mugato says, can be traced back to Ramos. Yung economic growth na experience ng Philippines during the Arroyo and Aquino period started during Ramos. He laid down the foundation and the groundwork 
for a strong Philippine economy. So I think that is one of the lasting legacy of President Ramos' administration. And that was today's episode of Teka Teka. Again, I'm Bella Perez Rubio. This episode was produced by Kat Ventura and edited by Joe Salcedo. If you liked today's episode, share it with a friend or two and follow Teka Teka and Puma Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're excited to build our community with you and it looks like we'll be able to meet for events real soon. So if you want to stay in the loop, please go to pumapodcast.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Thanks for listening. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.